Welcome to another Woman Owned Wednesday podcast. This is Barb Smith, Director of KeyBank's Key for Women program. Joining me today is my colleague and friend, Mitra Rucker, KeyBank's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager. The recent events in our country have put the importance of diversity and inclusion into the forefront. Today, we're going to discuss why DEI is so important and how KeyBank approaches it not only within our company, but also within the community. We'll also provide a list of recommended resources to help aid you in navigating this topic. Nitra, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Barb. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to having the discussion and learning as well as sharing. Nitra, before we get dive into this topic, um, would you just mind introducing yourself and your role at Key? Sure. I've been with Key for over 20 years, and currently my role of diversity, equity, and inclusion manager focuses on ensuring the people side of our business is supported and focused on operationalizing diversity, equity, and inclusion on a daily basis. This really involves leading our employee resource groups, partnering with our lines of business to adjust strategy, and partnering with our HR team to review processes, provide programming, and opportunities for our teammates to engage. So, so let's jump right in now. Mm-hmm. Why is DEI so important to KeyBank's company culture and mission? Diversity, equity, and inclusion are a longstanding foundational um, piece of our culture at KeyBank. Employees are our most important asset at the bank and their ability to bring their authentic, unencumbered self to the workplace to support each other, provide solutions for our clients, and serve our communities is critical. We have a long history of championing and supporting people of all backgrounds, and it's important that we carry that legacy forward. When we harness our unique attributes, we're able to produce better outcomes and solutions. Different backgrounds breed different solutions and ideas, which are generated when we have those cross-cultural conversations. A 2020 McKinsey study called Diversity Wins, How Inclusion Matters, shows organizations in the top quartile of ethnic and gender diversity have above average profitability to the tune of 36% and 25% respectively. So diversity, equity, and inclusion are not just cornerstones of our culture, they're business accelerators and how we help our employees feel as if they belong. Wow, that those are some amazing statistics. So, it, I mean, it's not only the right thing to do, it's also good business. Absolutely. And I think if we look at it from the right thing to do, our employees will produce the business because they'll have those opportunities to share ideas and they'll have those opportunities to be heard. And when everybody is included in those conversations, we'll be able to put the ideas together in a strategic way and go to market and serve all of our communities, not just some of the community. Well, that sounds wonderful. Um, can you give me a little insight into how do you foster a DEI culture at Key? Sure. Our culture starts at the top with our CEO and leader, Chris Gorman. Chris has said for a long time that his intentions are to continue an inclusive culture where people can bring their whole selves to the workplace. Chris is also engaged with his leaders and employees during this time to listen and understand, put in place strategies to advance the culture, 
and be out front as a leader, not only for Key, but our community. For example, we've hosted over 40 listening sessions with our employees so that we can understand how they feel and understand and get some ideas from them on how to move forward. Can you tell me a little bit, let's double click a little bit on those listening sessions. Um, uh, so how does that work? How did the listening sessions work? And it seems like there was a lot of them. Was it, you know, particular groups? How, how, does the, how did you arrange those? So really that was because of the events and George Floyd's death sparking a lot of outrage and, and a lot of confusion as far as feelings were concerned, people really wanted to understand what's going on. And so we as a DEI team put that together and allowed people to come together, whether it was through our employee resource groups or through markets. So a lot of market leaders led those conversations as well and really got down to, you know, wanting to understand the truth um, and understanding people's stories behind how do they feel um, in the workplace coming to work as a black employee with, with that type of, those types of emotions and feelings. And then also, I don't wanna say it's just, it's not only black people who are emotional, it's all people. And so people were able to share their stories on how this impacted them, whether it was through conversations they had to have with their children, or it was through family members who happened to be of a different race or ethnicity. And what it really showed us is that everybody has a viewpoint and everybody wanted to come to the table to share in those sessions. And while we understand not all employees are gonna have the same outlook, I think it was really powerful that people wanted to come to the table and share so that we could find some common ground and some some additional understanding. Yeah, no, so that that's the second time um, you've mentioned employee resource groups. Um, Nitra, could you tell me a little bit more about employee resource groups at Key? Sure. We have 12 employee resource groups at Key that represent inherent and uh, selective kind of diversity traits. And so we've had these groups for since 2004, and they're really a safe place for employees to go and be heard. And they're also a place of education. So anyone can join the groups. They don't necessarily have to identify with the particular um, ethnicity or demographic of the particular group, but they're a great place to have conversations, generate ideas, and come out uh, with a better understanding of different cultures. So, so beyond um, you know the employee resource groups that you've mentioned, mm -hmm. can you share a little bit more about how um, you know KeyBank supports DEI within our clients and the communities that we serve as well. Absolutely. One of our strategic priorities is really to engage our talented and diverse team that matches and make sure it matches the communities we serve. One of the big wins we had for this year was hiring Greg Jones as our chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer to lead our strategies and tactics and improve the acquisition movement and development um, of our talent and our suppliers. Another way we support the employees is by fostering a culture built on our values of teamwork, respect, accountability, integrity, and leadership. That's important. And I think you, Barb, as well as I would say every other employee can really recite those and know and understand that those are important. 
In addition, we support our communities in several ways. 2019 marked the third year of Key's five-year $16.5 billion National Community Benefits Plan. We continue to exceed our commitments by delivering more than $12 billion in community development investments and loans, including mortgages and small business loans from the underserved. We also support our employees' desire to connect with and serve our communities through volunteerism, sponsorships, and where and how we do business. Since its inception, we have what we call Neighbors Make the Difference Day, which is our annual volunteer day. And we have been able to have up to half of our employees shut down and go and serve the communities on that day. But it's not just about a day, it's every day that we encourage our employees to get out there and they do and serve the community. Finally, the other way that we support our communities is through our marketplace. We're committed to creating a shared value with our suppliers and strengthening our economic development. To that end, since 2001, we spent over $1 billion with diverse suppliers. That is amazing. Um, if I wanted to enroll to become a diverse supplier, how would I do that, Nitra? Great question. Thank you. What you can do is go on our website um, at key.com and we have a place where suppliers can contact us. However, people can also contact us directly and you can contact my colleague Camille Bragg at Camille underscore Bragg at keybank.com. So, you know, with all of the, the events, uh, you know, the recent events that have taken place in our country, um, what have you learned and, you know, what actions have you taken? Well, we've learned a lot. And in recent weeks, Key has made a firm stand for social justice and racial equality and our recently announced plans uh, for our community response, which include an initial $1 million investment from our Key Bank Foundation. This money is gonna be invested across our 26 markets to really support organizations that are serving as change agents and really leading the efforts to support social justice and racial equity. We also had a two-for-one social justice and racial equity matching gift program for our employees to really elevate and amplify our collective voices and hasten our action towards social justice and racial equity. In the coming months, we expect to share more actions as we look for opportunities to mobilize our platform and to drive sustainable action and change. Anitra, um, so what I'm hearing is it wasn't just um, kind of the philanthropic effort with the $1 million commitment. It was also um, the two-for-one support uh, and, and also encouraging volunteerism into the community. So it's not just about putting a dollar or writing a check, but really about being active and participating and being the change that we're all seeking. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you say that because really, when we look at structural and institutionalized racism, it is a very macro thing. However, it's delivered in a micro way. And so in order to change it, we have to change our everyday actions. And so I'm glad that Key is so committed to continuing down this path and, and on our journey to lead in this space. Oh. You know, we've talked about the listening groups. We've talked about um, the employee resource groups that KeyBank has. Um, if I'm a business leader and would like to, you know, start 
some of those conversations or even start uh, employee resource groups at my company, what would, how would you advise me? Where do I start? I think one of the best ways to start is with your employees. A lot of times employees ask for these types of things either through employee engagement surveys or whatnot. And what I encourage is to find your your most enthusiastic and engaged employees who are wanting to do this and trust them to put together a plan, a business plan that ties back to your strategy on how these groups can help. And it's a great exercise to really make sure those groups are focused and understand their purpose. Normally, these groups are housed or led out of the diversity, equity, and inclusion office. And from there, I would just say continue to build out the platform and make sure that you have groups that can be sustainable. We talked a lot about different uh, resources throughout our conversation today. Um, do you have any particular books or podcasts or things that um, you think our listeners would really uh, benefit from reading or listening to? Absolutely. One of the books that I really enjoyed was Between the World and Me by ta Coates, which really talks about the history of Black people and how our uh, bodies have been used across time to advance causes and advance the country. The other resource I would like to suggest is the 1619 Project created by Nicole Hannah-Jones. It's a great listen. It's either a podcast or you can read the articles, but it really talks about the history of slavery and then how we have advanced in this country since then. The other book that I would suggest is The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein, which has a lot of incredible facts around how institutionalized racism has been put in place systematically throughout the ages. If you are a podcast lover, I would suggest the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. They have several podcasts out there in regards to a lot of different topics. And so you can go out there and just browse and, and select whatever one you'd like. And then finally, if you are a YouTube watcher, you can maybe, you can, um, you can watch Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man by Emmanuel Aiko. That's out there and he has really good conversations with people around questions that they may otherwise feel uncomfortable asking. So could we double click a little bit? Um, we talked about those um, those opportunities for listening with the senior mm -hmm. leaders and how to approach that. So, you know, how do you start that conversation, that frankly uncomfortable conversation? You start it with vulnerability. So the person leading the conversation has to be willing to be vulnerable as well. And you have to be willing to say, whoever the leader is, what their true feelings are. I'm, I'm hurt, I'm confused, I don't understand, I want to know more, or I'm hurt, this is my life experience, and I wanna make sure and understand how everyone else is feeling. And I think when we see and hear our leaders in that particular position, we feel more comfortable to share our true feelings as well. And a lot of those conversations have been extremely personal and people have felt safe to share their personal experiences, their questions that may they may not feel comfortable sharing elsewhere. So I think you have to start with being vulnerable and just being honest. 
And and I would add as well, open, right? So, Absolutely. you know, your your view is different than my view, um, and our life experiences are are totally different. Mm -hmm. um, and recognizing that, you know, different isn't wrong. It's just different. It's just different. And I think that's a, a great point. And what I would say, Barb, too, is during these courageous conversations, what we have found is different people connect differently. So I may say something in the conversation and someone may reach out to me and say, you know what, that that really resonated with me. Or if I hear something that really resonates with me, I can reach out to that person and say, hey, can we talk more about that? Or how did you deal with this or that? And so I think they've been a great way for us to connect even more so as employees and team members. One of the things that when you and I have been talking, um, you shared with me about approaching someone and you know, just because I'm curious doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that you're ready and, and want to talk about it. Um, can we talk a little bit more about that? Now is a great time for people to have conversation, right? There's a lot of conversation going on at dinner tables, around the proverbial and virtual water cooler, everywhere. However, I, I really say that people should be cautious in approaching just anyone. This is where relationship really comes into play. And you want to make sure that you're approaching someone you're comfortable with. And to a point I believe you made earlier, these are uncomfortable conversations. So you want to make sure that you have a relationship with this person so that they know there's already some level of understanding and care there. And as you're approaching people, specifically Black people around these types of conversations, know that it is emotionally taxing, as Catalyst found in some studies, to have these conversations and to to really share some of those traumatic experiences that they have in their past. As we're out here sharing and letting people know our experiences, we hope that people are respectful of those boundaries that maybe we set, but to have the uncomfortable conversation, I think relationship has to be foundational first. Yeah, I, I would agree. What a great conversation, Nitra. I always enjoy talking to you. Is there anything that you might have wanted to cover today that, that we didn't have a chance to? Sure. I would just say a lot of times people are asking questions on what can they do to help or what can they do to learn or whatever that question is. How do they start? How do they jump in? And one of the things and one of the ways you can help is um, think about what you do, you would do for your children or your niece or nephew or your best friend. How would you help them? And I always encourage people because everybody has different things that they like to do. So some people like to mentor. Some people like to teach. Some people like to um, start groups or discussion groups or, or whatever it is. But I would say identify a way that you're very that you love and then use that particular vehicle to go out and help someone else out of out of a marginalized group and whether that is someone who's black uh, a person of color someone from a different socioeconomic category whatever it is that's a way that we can really help each other out here i would also include making sure people speak up when you 
see something, you know, make sure you lend your voice to people who are being marginalized, whether that is in the meet in a meeting or at the dinner table once again, or whatever that is, um, make sure to speak up for people and, and really be that advocate supporter at the table so that as we change behavior and as we, as we learn, um, we can be more conscious of how we can be supportive. Well, thank you, Nitra. And, you know, educating ourselves is so important to better understand how we can help support our colleagues, our family, our friends and community. Um, Nitra gave us a load of different uh, choices there uh, to to help support and and um, really educate you on this topic. We'll post those resources to our Kiefer Women business expertise site so our listeners and members can easily access them. Thank you again for listening to our Kiefer Women's Women on Wednesday podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow. Also, feel free to comment. We'd love to hear from you about other resources you found helpful during this time, and of course, any other topics of interest or obstacles you face as a woman business leader for future Women on Wednesday podcasts. Until next time, go out and own your day.